Hey everybody, welcome to Artist Soapbox. Artist Soapbox is a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am your host, Tamara Kassane. If you aren't already familiar with PAL, I'd like to bring that organization to your attention, particularly if you are a parent artist or caregiver. The acronym PAL stands for Parent Artist Advocacy League for Performing Arts and Media. PAL is a national community, resource hub, and solutions generator for individuals with caregiver responsibilities and institutions who strive to support them. I am a parent artist. If you don't know me personally, I have a preschooler and a middle schooler. And on the best of days, it's a challenge to navigate family and work responsibilities. During the COVID-19 epidemic, with school closures, theater closures, and gig cancellations, the challenges are even greater. If you have the resources to do so during these strange and uncomfortable times, I encourage you to donate to artist funds at the local and national level. I'll include some of those links in the show notes. PAL is offering an online series for workplace and connection, as well as a series of Broadway masterclasses and story times for you and your kids. Proceeds support the artists and the PAL COVID Emergency Relief Fund. I'll also include a link to PAL resources and a blog post by Rachel Spencer Hewitt, the founder of PAL. It is titled, Supporting Artists with Families in Our COVID-19 Plans. PAL outlines three action items that must be included in institutional strategies and protocols moving forward to protect artists with caregiver responsibilities. These include creating structural support for schools and daycares closing, creating opportunities for remote work for staff and freelancers, creating a digital game plan for a more humane future. There's also a very thoughtful and powerful series of essays on parenting that you can find on the HowlRound Theatre Commons website. I'll include all of these links in the show notes. If you know artists with caregiving responsibilities, particularly if they have children or family members who require extra attention and care, now would be a great time to reach out. Caregiving can be an unsung and isolating experience, and it can be really nice to hear from a friend. Okay, on to this episode. Since the beginning of this year, I've had the opportunity to speak with several of the PAL chief reps from across the country. This is the first of two episodes with Garlia Cornelia Jones, the chief rep of New York City. Garlia and I spoke over an hour in early January, which seems so long ago. I'm trying to keep these episodes on the shorter side since I'm guessing that time is precious and brief for many of our theater parents and caregivers. However, I didn't want to lose Garlia's great content, which is why I divided our conversation into two discrete episodes. In episode number one, you'll hear Garlia discuss her involvement with PAL and how she became the chief rep in New York City, her position as line producer at the public theater, the logistical and emotional push-pull of our work as parents and our work as artists, and finally, the importance of friendships to keep us both grounded and afloat. Garlia Cornelia Jones is a writer, producer, photographer, and mother. In 2008, Garlia founded Blackboard Plays, a monthly series devoted to Black playwrights. She is one of the founding producers of Harlem Nine, Obie Award winners for 48 Hours in Harlem. Her essays and articles have appeared in The New York Times, The Washington Post, and Salon.com. 
Her play, Snapshots, was part of the 10th series of the Fire This Time Festival. She worked on an MA in African American and African Diaspora Studies at Indiana University before coming to New York for her MFA in playwriting, which she earned at the New School for Drama. Garlia is a member of the Dramatists Guild of America and a line producer at the Public Theater. Garlia Cornelia Jones is the first recipient of the Mother Artist of Color PAL Child Care Grant. Again, please see links in the show notes for more. Enjoy this episode and stay tuned for episode two. Hi, Garlia. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. No problem. I have my kids downstairs watching a movie. I said, I need an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) And I like made, I just made sure they ate and everything was all settled. So there was no disasters or crying. Well, fingers crossed. I mean, they're unpredictable. (laughs) Always, always. I know. It was was very hopeful. (laughs) I think it'll work. Well, let's jump right in then. Um, And I'd like to start with talking about your relationship to PAL. Mm -hmm. You are the chief rep for New York City. So why did you decide to take on that role and how are you approaching the position? Well, it it was a very easy thing to do when Rachel asked me to be the chief rep for New York. I was thrilled and flattered and like sure i think specifically because i've really loved getting to know her through pal i've loved meeting all the other parents in the theater in the city through pal and through other events i've attended with her because of a pal i i um had an opportunity to present with her at Women's Day on Broadway in March of 2019. This was about a month or so after I just won the Child Care Grant for a woman of color in the theater through a PAL. And so I, I went and, you know, spoke and front of a very large um, group of women, about a thousand or so at the St. James Theater. And, you know, for uh, someone who has a speech impediment, that was, um, it's always something I think, think, think about. Is this something that other people are, you know, it's just something that does cross your mind and I and I I think I've always been very used to just approaching it up front so that people know I'm okay that it's it's not something that phases me I think that this was just one of the experiences through pal and so it kind of gave me this exposure to a lot of different people and a lot of different people knew about me and the work that I'd been doing advocating for black playwrights over the last 10 plus years in the city. And so to be involved with an organization where that type of exchange happens and we're all also parents that hit hits home because then you're with people who truly understand. And so you can 
really have extremely transparent conversations that include things like, well, my kids are going to be here. Right. (laughs) Or can I get a half an hour more because I have to make sure that they have enough food and everything so I can focus, you know, like being able to be your full self is something that pal has really helped me to do. And 2019 was a very challenging year for me. Um, And so through all of these challenges, I had a a lot of very great things happen in in my career. And so pal was just a part of that balance of, okay, stuff in my personal life may be like really stressful, but look, I get to speak in front of like a a thousand people at this, at the St. James. And then, you know, and, and, and I also started this job at the public theater, which is, you know, that's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. Can I, can I interrupt you for a second? Because I have a question. So you are a line producer at the public theater. Yes. What is a line producer? <laughs> what is a line producer? You know, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Here is a definition that really works the best is that the line producers in the context of the public really help our artists manage the systems of the theater and manage the systems of being able to communicate and get their work on stage in in that theater. So this can take the form of almost anything. I hear the artists out, you know, if if there is a challenge that they have, I am there to listen and to help problem solve and to bring to artists in the space if they need to have a difficult conversation. I hear, you know, if if there's something wrong during tech and we need to figure it out, we work with our show show team. So the show team for every show includes the company manager and the production manager. And so the three of us really work as a, as a t- team. <laughs> there's a lot of things that my job entails. It always changes in a way in that the needs of every show change. And so the needs of my fall show were not the same needs as my show over the summer. Each of my directors has their own set of skills that they bring into this space and their own way of working. Mm -hmm. So it's my, my job to adapt to their style and to help them through the, the process of producing this show at the public. Some obvious parallels there with parenting, which yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you've thought about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it works. It often works hand in hand because I, um, you know, there is a big portion of my job, which is like taking care of the creative, creative team taking care of the creatives and being being there for them. I mean, that was something I saw. I've seen it in, in varying degrees with each of my shows. And so when I've had a show where those needs are more, I'm also there to um, 
just be their friend, confidant, and help them through, you know, a lot of different things, you know, and it's, it's also a role that can be confidential in nature too. This discretion can be key. And that's how you build trust. You know, people trust you because they know that it's really about getting the work done, which is Mm -hmm. what it's about for me. It is a time-consuming job. I mean, I, I wouldn't pretend that it's nine to five and I'm in and out. It can be 24-7 in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be It can be a full day. And if you work hard to kind of keep it during the hours, then as a parent, you come home and then there's the kids. And, you know, if, if you've got other life stressors then Mm -hmm. you have all that and so it's a it's a high pressured job and then you come home and you have a high pressured job in a a way it can feel sort of relentless when you have the kind of job that you're talking about where you know for as awesome as it is it takes a lot of your time it takes a lot of your mental and physical energy it could mean you know a good chunk of your day and then you come home and you have some other creatures who take a lot of your energy and yeah. you know yes so um, it's like it's just way. constant yeah and well and I, and I and I think that's the best way to, to describe it like you know before I had kids there were other things I did with my time and also I I was home with my kids basically from the time they were born until this past year. So that was also an adjustment on t- top of my getting a divorce too. So it was like, ooh, 29. It's a lot, a lot. It was a lot. It still is a lot. And so I can't even pretend to say it's so great. I mean, yeah. and, and the thing is, I've experienced so many fantastic things this year through my job. Four shows my my first season. And then so right now I'm about to go into my fifth show at the public in under a year because I've been there a year, January 22nd. And then on top of producing at the public, I have been one of six producers with Harlem Nine. We are a collective of six black producers and we produce for 48 hours in Harlem. In 2016, we expanded to the Bronx. And then this year, we were in the Bronx, Detroit, which is where where I'm from. That's my hometown, North Carolina and Harlem. So we won a Night Arts Foundation grant in November 2018 to produce 48 hours in Detroit. So for the next two years, at least, I will also be producing. So we produced 48 Hours in Detroit. And then we also produced the other three. So we Mm -hmm. had four 48-hour festivals. Now, And we're a group of six people who have other jobs. So that was like a big learning. And just it was just a very big year for everybody. You know, so all of us are having this very big, big year. I'm having this year producing at this humongous theater that is, you know, world renowned for just the the work that they've been doing. And of course, Hamilton, you know, 
right? That little show, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I've heard of it. Right. <laughs> and then, and then producing outside of the public. And then I also have my series that I've had for now 11 years, which is part of what my, you know, Pell grant application t- talked about was my work with Blackboard. Black Blackboard reading series, which we now call it Blackboard Plays, is the series I um, founded at the cell in 2008. And so we're now, I guess guess we're near 12. I've lost track at this point, but the whole focus of Blackboard is to feature Black playwrights and just to build a community of Black playwrights and to give them the opportunity to hear their work out loud. And I'm a Black playwright, so I started this and had the idea to start it when I was at the new school for drama. And that's where I did my MFA. So you are working at the public, you're producing for Harlem Nine, you're doing the Blackbird, um, Blackboard pardon me, reading series, and you're also writing your own work, mm-hmm. and you have a family. How are you doing this? Do you have, I'm, I'm sure that there are many or many kind of clutch moments that didn't work out, but something must be working for you to be able to be, you know, this productive and forward moving. Do you have any kind of either like pro tips for other people who are trying to accommodate a professional life and a family life, or maybe say, and, or something that, you know, people could be more accommodating about? You know, um, something that put me off from having a job for this long and something that I was scared about was childcare. I mean, mm-hmm. that was and is still just something that is scary. You you don't know how you're going to be able to afford it. Specifically because with the hours I work, especially during tech and, you know, previews, it's so necessary. And so the pluses about me being home in Detroit is that my parents are there and my Mm -hmm. family is there. You know, here, my kids do have their dad. And so that has been helpful. Life is still challenging though. I mean, it's just, it's, I think childcare is an issue, whether you are married or single, whether you're the sole provider as I am, or if you both have jobs, the childcare is always a thing because what ends up happening is you end up taking it out of your pay at a point you say, what's the point of having a job if I'm just going to go to work and give everything I make to someone to take care of my kids, I could just do it from home. Right. And so, you know, my kids are in school, you know, this was just divine uh, timing that there were two opportunities that were presented to me at the end of 2018. And they were both like, just things I've been working for my entire career. And also things that people had said, you know, I think it's time for you to give up. I think it's time for you to go get a job. Hmm. You know, and when, when people say it's, it's time to go get a job, they're saying 
stop trying to be a playwright, stop trying to write for, you know, stop trying to work in the theater in New York. It's too hard. Just go back. Like I worked at the Gap for 10 years. And and look, I loved the Gap. I worked there forever. Mm -hmm. I would have kept on, but I found a job in the theater and slowly was like, okay, I can't manage this schedule, but I wear Gap clothes forever. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, people are saying, go back and and work a job that you can get and know is going to be be there and not wait for this job that's like a dream right i i'd been through a lot in the last 10 years obviously if i got a divorce that was for a reason and also being an, an artist and like maintaining that like i like through Harlem Nine, we as a collective won an Obie Award in 2014, which was also one week before I gave birth to, to my son outside on the sidewalk in front of our Harlem apartment building. And it's a very true story, and I wrote it in the New York Times. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's, you know, so all of, of, of that just to say I was home and trying to make the best of it. You know, I'm also a photographer. And so I just did whatever I I could. I would bring my kids where I could. And if not, I have fantastic friends. I can't even call them friends or like sisters Mm -hmm. um, who've just really been there for me. (laughs) And, you know, so I, I... Um, I just would not have been able to get through the last 10 years without any of them, you know, and, and there's one friend in particular who, you know, would watch my kids, you know, if I had to go take photos to just make, make some extra money, money. And that's been part of my journey. Yeah, is having the having that sister circle that really helped me kind of get through some very hard and and dark um, times as well. And I think that can be very surprising for some people. It, it was for me about how you know I thought that I would just fold the kids into my life in a way that um, they they didn't really want to be folded in. You know, they wanted to have my full attention and. I also have some friends who have taken an interest in my kids and I don't, they don't have kids and I don't think they fully understand like how valuable it is to have somebody else like be there for your kids. Like I, it's hard to put words around it and I can understand why you get emotional because it's like, this is, there almost is no better gift that you can give. There isn't. And And I, like I, I tell them all the time. I'm like, I love, like, I'm like, you guys are the best. Like, I don't, and my friend is like, stop being so weird. And I'm like, no, I love you. I don't get it. Like, I just, it's so wonderful. Like, they just, and they're very honest. It's, it's not like they're friends and they like do anything. You know, they're, they're very hard on me when they need to be. I mean, you know, you just really, you just really get to know people, and especially when your children are involved. 
Artist Soapbox is a listener-supported podcast. Please support the podcast via our Patreon page, patreon.com slash artistsoapbox. For more information, go to our website, artistsoapbox.org. 